This podcast is sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Mortgage subservicing is a highly demanding and regulated discipline that requires precise expertise to handle thousands of complex tasks. That's why lenders nationwide trust Midwest Loan Services to simplify loan servicing, reduce their costs, and mitigate their compliance risk. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com. From the Credit Union National Association, this is the CUNA News Podcast. Credit Union people, credit union ideas. Todd Harris knows how to get things done. A year after he took over as CEO of Technology Credit Union in San Jose, California, the credit union's assets increased 13%, loans grew 17%, and earnings rose 46%. I'm Ron Jose, Senior Editor for Credit Union Magazine and CUNA News. In this episode of the CUNA News Podcast, Harris describes how Technology Credit Union embraces collaboration as a means to success in Silicon Valley's competitive financial services marketplace. He also describes its path to the CEO chair, which provides some additional leadership lessons. Credit Union Magazine recognized Harris as a 2018 Credit Union rock star in a special issue sponsored by Fiserv. How did you get started in financial services and and or with credit unions? Do Can you kind of give me your background? I, as I always say, I like to begin at the beginning, so let's do that. Yeah, I never, uh, I never really planned on being in, in credit unions or banking. But when I graduated high school, or not high school, but college, the uh, the unemployment rate I think was something around like seven or eight percent. So you had to work a little bit hard to uh, to try to get a job. And I ended up at a place called Silicon Valley Bank, um, being hired on over there as a credit analyst, spending my time spreading. Uh, you know, spreading uh, accounts receivable uh, submissions for accounts receivables lines of credit that were kind of the bread and butter of that organization. Did that for about a year, was able to transfer into finance and accounting, and did some work there. And this was all kind of during during the uh, early 90s. What happened during the early 90s here in Silicon Valley was there is a commercial real estate crisis where the values kind of bottomed out. That organization, Silicon Valley Bank, got in a little bit of trouble. And what happened was that a lot of the middle managers um, that had options were leaving and going to other organizations, which left kind of a void for uh, some of the newer, younger people in the organization, like myself and many others, and gave us opportunities to kind of rise up the ranks and do things um, that you know would have taken us more years to get exposure to. So uh, that was really my first exposure to banking and spent about 12 years there, rose up the ranks. Ended up being the uh, the senior vice president of finance and strategic planning for that organization. My last six years there, I uh, left there at one point to go be CFO at a finance holding company startup that owned both a bank and a leasing company. Did that for three years. Ended up going to a credit union called Alliance Credit Union as the CFO, and that was probably around you know the 2007 time frame. Worked there for three years. And then in 2010, was hired on to Technology Credit Union as the chief financial officer and the chief administrative officer. And then about uh, two and a half years ago or so, I uh, succeeded my boss as the uh, CEO of Technology Credit Union. 
I think to that end, in your rock star profile, we focused a lot on how a mentor helped you in your career. Can you tell me about that relationship? Yeah, and I think if if anybody looks back at their career, you have a lot of different people that act as mentors, you know, and I was fortunate, you know, I've always kind of actively seeked out people that I respected and, and tried to establish those relationships myself. So I think, you know, the first uh, step to getting a good mentor is to kind of actively seek one out and, and find someone who's willing to do that. So I've done that throughout my career, and I've had a lot of great mentors. What was What really worked well for me and Barbara when she was uh, the CEO here at Technology Credit Union, was that, um, you know, Barbara had a really uh, talent for making connection with the people that reported directly to her and kind of understanding, um, I don't know if she worked hard at it, it sure seemed easy for her, but almost kind of intuitively understanding what what different people needed to try to help them continue to develop and what they needed to grow and and to expand their skill sets. And for me, um, you know, she realized for me what I needed was, was room and room to maneuver and some guidance of what she wanted me to accomplish. And she could just kind of wind me up and, and let me go. You know, other people she provided different type of support and guidance to. So in terms of that relationship, it, it worked well for me because she knew what I needed. And uh, I was when she gave me the room, I was able to deliver for her. And so um, she kept continuing to give me the room that I needed to kind of maneuver. Um, other people, um, she helped them succeed by giving them what they needed. Some people needed a little bit more guidance, other people a little bit more goal-oriented, you know, and she was able to adapt to that. So that's a skill she had that I, I still try to do. I don't do it quite as well as she did, but uh, it, it was an important lesson that I learned from her, not just helping me develop, but also how to help help develop other people as well in their career. And, and I'm sorry, who was Barbara? What is Barbara's full name, just for the sake of our listeners? Uh, Barbara Cam. Okay. She was the uh, CEO here for about six years, from 2010 through 2016. And kind of taking off from that, how would you describe your leadership style? Um, I, uh, I'm very much a coach. Uh, and by that, I mean I focus a lot on building the team uh, that can meet our strategic objectives. Sometimes that means, you know, you have to swap positions out. You add new people. Other people rotate out. Other people from within you can promote. Um, so to me, it's really about forming that team first and getting a team that I believe can be successful. And when I make that team, I focus a lot on trying to hire and place and depend on individuals that have experience and skills that maybe I don't have or that they're better at me then. Um, I always try to make sure that I hire people with strong skills and ideally stronger skills in certain areas that they're going to supervise you than I do because I really think that rounds out a team and makes us a stronger team. Uh, once you get that team assembled, I, I tend to, I like to empower them, but then I challenge them. You know, we set goals, we set aggressive goals. And then uh, we work together to try to figure out how we get there. And as long as you form the right team with the right skill sets, it's not easy, but it's more easy than you might think to hit some of those aggressive goals. Just kind of let people define their own path, given their, given their goals. Within the context of the strategic plan, you know, from time yeah. to time, I will, I will directly, you know, influence the outcome on certain things. But again, if you put all your effort into hiring and forming the team and you get the right people on the team, um, managing that team becomes infinitely easier. 
and you can focus on results rather than managing personalities and individuals. And actually to that, and that leads me right into my next question. Um, since taking over at TechCU in 2016, you've, you've made some very, some great strategic decisions. And in 2017, your total assets increased 17% to 2.5 billion from 2.2 billion. And one research company, uh, S&P Global Market Intelligence named you among the top three performing credit unions among your peers, including number one in California. How were you able to accomplish that? I mean, you must have set, you must have had some kind of plan in mind. Can you tell me a little bit about how you did that? Yeah, we're in a very competitive market. And so being efficient is kind of a requirement to stay relevant. And uh, one of the challenges that we had early on here was our loan-to-deposit ratio. It was relatively low. And uh, when your loan-to-deposit ratio is low, you're not able to generate as much revenue as you could if your loan-to-deposit ratio was higher. And so we had great credit quality that we knew we had a sound base to go from, but we needed more growth. As everybody knows in financial services, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to grow loans um, the old ways that we're used to doing it, through branches, through marketing campaigns, direct mail. Um, there's not as much traction because there's these new competitors out there called uh, financial technology companies or fintechs that are you know, able to somehow originate loans more efficiently and effectively than a lot of us traditional players. So we kind of set out to go partner with different fintechs. And this was a, a long undertaking that started probably five, six years ago. Um, took a long time to develop those relationships, um, to develop some symbiosis where we can work together to mutual benefit. And we found a number of good partners that really allowed us to grow our loans faster than we otherwise would have been. But we were able to grow them primarily in our core market. So we were still staying true to our uh, our, our SEG roots. And uh, by doing so, the loan to deposit ratio improved pretty dramatically. And it kind of changed the dynamics that allowed us to then pay out more on deposits. And then that allowed us to um, grow more to fund those loans that we were able to originate. And, you know, once we got that pump prime, so to speak, or that virtuous cycle started, it's just a matter of effectively managing the, the workflow and the credit quality and not getting over our skis. There's a few pieces of that I want to unpack a little bit. Sure. You thrive in a very competitive marketplace. Can you tell me a little bit about it? Yeah. Well, the first challenge we have here in this, in what we would call generally Silicon Valley, is, you know, it changes from time to time, but the approximate count of brick-and-mortar competitors that we have is about 125. And plus, there's another, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50, what we would call internet competitors that regularly market and compete in this marketplace. So there's a lot of competition in this area. Um, the other thing, I think what draws this competition is the fact that it's a very affluent area. You have a lot of technology workers that make a lot of good money. And so I think these, these financial institutions and competitors are drawn to this market because of that fact. But this market is also um, very expensive to live in. And so even though a lot of the people in this valley are very affluent, they also watch their bottom lines very carefully because of the, the cost of living is so high. And how that manifests itself in financial services is they want to make sure their money is working for them. And, and what that means to us is that our members and our prospective members 
They always want to make sure that they're getting the lowest possible loan rate that they can. So their money's, you know, so their borrowings is, is as an inexpensive as possible. And they want to make sure that they're getting a great deposit rate. So the cash that they're holding idle at a, at a, at a credit union or bank is giving them the best return on, on their investment. So just table stakes in this valley to be successful, you got to have some great rates. And, you know, on both sides of the balance sheet, um, we're now in the good position where we're happy to be, you know, one of the better rates in the marketplace on both sides of the balance sheet. But I think where we really make a difference um, in both our members and prospective members' lives is when it comes to the personal contact. Rates are great and rates get you noticed, but what keeps people coming back and makes them loyal is the great service that we get. And our, our branch people do such a great job of making those personal connections and taking time with each member um, to work through different complicated scenarios. Because most people are able to self-service on the mobile or the online banking. So when they actually come into a branch or call into the call center, they usually have something fairly complicated that they're trying to uh, deal with. And we do a great job in taking care of them. I mean, if you were to look at our, at our Yelp reviews, um, our, our five-star Yelp reviews, specifically around kind of the branch experience, are through the roof. And they've gone through the roof the last couple of years, where it just really demonstrates what a great job we do with our members. And to me, that's probably the big difference maker. As sexy as mobile apps are, and they are important, as sexy as online banking can be, and that also remains important, the real thing, the real place where you can make a difference in the marketplace is really on that person-to-person contact. And I think in both our call center, our wealth management group, and our branches, we do an exceptional job there. And I think that really um, speaks to why we've been able to grow members well as well as retain them once we get them. Is that a, is that person-to-person aspect? Is, is that about training? Is it about culture? How do you develop that? It's about hiring right people that are interested in working with other people, and then the, the supervisors and the managers of those units, giving them the proper training and tools that they can serve the needs of those members. We have a fairly long training process. It, it takes up to a month for someone that hasn't worked in a branch before the call center you know, they're, they're shadowing and being trained for, you know, anywhere from three to five weeks before we actually let them start servicing and dealing with members. So we take a long time to get them up to speed and trained and expose them to as many different situations as we can before we send them out there and, and have them go solo for the first time. But then we always have support in the branch or in the call center nearby to help them if it's a situation that they haven't uh, been trained to address. I know you talked about your strategic partnerships, which is really an aspect that a lot of credit unions can learn from and gain from. Um, and I'd like to run through a couple of those, those as well. I know you have a residential and commercial solar power system program with Sunlight Financial. Right. And it's been very successful. Can you tell me a little bit about that? You know, Sunlight Financial, I think, is, uh, and, there, and there's other people out there like them and other people in different segments. But I think they're giving us an indication as an industry of, you know, where loan origination is shifting. And and one thing that they're a good example of is what we kind of generically refer to as point-of-sale lending. I think we're all very familiar with that from a, uh, a car dealership perspective. Point-of-sale lending, you know, we've been doing that for a really, really long time as an industry. Um, what we're seeing more and more of now 
is whether it's, you know, a contractor putting in a solar system or a new roof or HVAC people or window replacements, the market is moving more and more towards point-of-sale lending because the contractors are able to use that as a sales tool to help them close the deal and get business sooner rather than later because they can get people the funding to do something right then and there at the at the proverbial kitchen table, table so to speak. So we've been seeing this trend happening, and we've noted, and you know, we were approached by Sunlight from a mutual contract or for, from a mutual contact to see if uh, we wanted to explore a partnership with it, with them, where they were providing the software solution that enabled solar system installers to provide, you know, what we call point of sale or, or tabletop financing, and then we would provide the capital behind that. And uh, given the need, given the fact that we were looking for a way to originate more loans, and the fact that we like the credit structures around these solar products and, and the alignment that both the lender and borrower had, it made perfect sense for us to go forth and uh, and experiment with this relationship. And as you pointed out, it's been a very uh, mutually beneficial relationship for both partners. But I think it's also a good lesson for all of us to learn is that. I think we're going to continue to see what we call point-of-sale lending becoming more and more prevalent across different asset classes. And it's important, I think, that credit unions begin to embrace that concept because that's going to be one of the better ways that they have to continue their loan originations. You also have a partnership to help your members consolidate your credit credit card debt, which is, again, a, a great, another great uh, entry point for credit unions. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, that's a company called uh, Happy Money. I think they were formerly called uh, Payoff. And uh, what they do is, in some sense, a lot of people know what Lending Club is, how Lending Club is a uh, primarily, despite all their advertising, they're primarily a credit card debt consolidator. And that's what you know Happy Money does. And the way that they do it is they, they have a little bit different way of doing their underwriting which we felt aligned uh, more closely with how credit unions like to do business. And we're one, of a, we're one of a few credit union partners that they have in this program, and I think they probably felt the same way too. So what they do is they ask a series of questions too to kind of help ascertain what people's goals really are, and they try to get to know the person a little bit in terms of their goals before they start write, running the underwriting program. And this approach that they take um, thus far, it's still a relatively new program, maybe only two years old or so in terms of the seasoning of the portfolio. But what we're finding and what they believed would happen, and we haven't found evidence to the contrary yet with the portfolio's performance, is that these individuals are tending to perform better than most other credit card debt consolidators because of, we think, the care that's put into getting to know the members or the borrower's goals ahead of time. And uh, like we said, we think it's aligns with the credit union way of doing business. It, it's you know still still in the beginning stages, but it looks really promising uh, that, that that type of uh, underwriting technique. How long have you been uh, partnered with uh, with them? Um, about two years, plus or minus. I don't recall specifically, but you know we're we're well into two years, I think. And you've also uh, have a partnership with Home Advantage, a, a free home buying program. Uh, how does that work? You know, we haven't had a whole lot of traction on that yet, but what I really like about that program is the fact, you know, home buying and purchasing a home is becoming so much more complicated. And over time, as there's, as you know, the government puts more and more regulations in, in place, 
with the intent of protecting consumers, it also makes the process a lot more complicated. So it's great to have a partner like that that can kind of help explain the process, what to look out for, how to best prep and position for that to get to the point where you can try to purchase a home and then what you do once you do go through the motions to purchase it. So when you're doing that process, you're going through escrow, you're doing all these sign-offs, you have not, um, even though you're doing it for the first time, you haven't, you're not seeing those documents for the first time and you're familiar with what they, they need. So it's a good uh, extension of uh, our financial education program. It's just a nice way to help get people familiar with something that is usually the largest transaction that they ever get involved with in their life. And it can be fairly complex. So it's nice to give people a primer before they go into something like that to help alleviate some of the anxiety that you have making such a large purchase. And speaking of mortgages, I, re- I remember from your profile, you have a mortgage origination program that you're very proud of. In fact, I remember you said uh, you said it's on par with Rocket Mortgage, which I know is the bane of many a credit union mortgage <laughs> lenders' existence. Can yeah. you can you uh, unpack that for us and sh- share uh, share a little about your mortgage origination program with us? Yeah, I mean, what's great about our, our our mortgage LOS now is that it just makes the process. It's a complex process, so it's never going to be easy but it makes it as easy as a complex process can be. Um, I've, I got mortgage, I've had mortgages here before we put the system in place. I've had mortgages at other credit unions and banks. And just the whole sharing of documents, you know, the tax files, you know, tax returns, you know, all the different paperwork that they want from you, it's always a pain to get it and get it there timely. And so this, this system, one of the great things it does is it lets People upload those documents, but it automatically sorts them into the right place. And really, one of the strongest things about them is it gives you progress reports and keeps you up to date on where you are in the process. Um, Once all those documents are uploaded and the information is verified, the credit approval process is very, very quick. Um, You know, we've always been able to close out mortgages um, in 10 days or less. And as that process has gotten more complex, this new LOS system has allowed us to maintain that same quick turnaround. So it was just a, a complete ease of use play from the applicant side, but also we were able to work in efficiencies on our side that benefited both the applicant and us as the underwriter just by how these documents are uploaded and the credit decisions are made and the information is verified. So it works really well. And uh, we've been very pleased with it so far, and we've gotten really great feedback from our members about it as well. Yeah, and it's, it really sounds like the, it's the meaning of high-tech and high-touch. Yeah, it's all about ease of use. And uh, another thing, speaking of high-touch, you've also introduced a family banking program to help parents interact more closely with their kids when it comes to money. Yeah. Where did that idea germinate? How did, that, how did you come about that, and, and why, why did you go down that road? You know, that was, um, that was my brainchild. It came out of my own frustration of giving my kids allowance or my wife maybe going, you know, they're to a store and they, they, they want her to buy her something and they say, I'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. And then, you know, she gets home. She forgets about it. I don't know about it. So we end up buying them more stuff than their allowance should allow them to do. And, and, you know, if, if he was doing some chores, extra chores around the house, wanting to pay him. Um, when they're out with friends, we say we pay for something. It, it just was frustrating because, you know, we didn't keep a lot of cash on hand. So you're having to pass cash. We thought, you know, remote deposit capture worked for a while. We, we could write them a check and they deposit it, but that took a long time. 
So I just wanted a way where we could, I could link my checking account to my kids' checking account and then just use the internal money transfer systems within our existing core system to facilitate that. And the other thing I wanted to do was I wanted to know where they were spending their money so we could have talks about things if they weren't spending responsibly. And what family banking does, it allows us to accomplish all of that. Our accounts are linked. Um, I'm set up as the parent. My two boys, they're set up as the child. So I can view their transactions, but they can't view my transactions. They're in a drop-down menu. So if it's time for the weekly allowance, you know, I can transfer them the money. Uh, it takes me about 10 seconds less of work. The transfer is instantaneous. If we end up going, you know, to Bass Pro Shop or something, and they really want these pair of hiking boots, but I say you already have hiking boots, but they really like those, they can buy it on their own, but they don't have a credit card, but I have the credit card. So I'll go pay for it. We look at the receipt. Okay, okay, son, transfer me this amount of money, and they transfer it back to my account, you know, lickety split. So it really kind of, uh, it's been able to allow me to help talk to them about the value of money spending um, because of the fact that they're able to, or I'm able to to get reimbursed for them right away and we're not forgetting about it because, you know, as parents, you get so busy, you forget to collect money like that sometimes. So it's really an amazing setup. Everybody who's used it, which isn't a lot of people, but everybody that's used it loves it because they use it the same way I do. It's just, if I could change one thing about it, I wish we could make it easier for more people to find out about because it has been so, such a great benefit and so easy to use when interacting financially with your, with your children. That has been, I wouldn't say it's been life changing, but it's been a great, uh, it's added a lot of ease of use to my life. We've also had some applications where people have used it for their elder parents who maybe need some more help with their money financially, or maybe sometimes, you know, they're unable for whatever reason to manage their own finances. And so there, we're able to switch that parent-child relationship where you have adult children helping their parents now manage their finances more responsibly. Sure, sure. And making sure that, you know, you don't have household care providers or, or cleaners or gardeners taking advantage of their parent because they're able to help monitor and control the money outflows on a real-time basis. Thanks for listening to the CUNA News Podcast. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. This podcast was sponsored by Midwest Loan Services, a leading provider of mortgage loan subservicing. Learn more at MidwestLoanServices.com.